Welcome back to another episode of the Next Level Minds podcast. My name is Chris Chapman, and I am your host. And for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, then this is a podcast dedicated to those who want to reach a next level in their business, personal, or career life. Every other week, I'm blessed to sit down with the fully qualified guest, entrepreneur, content creator, or mover and shaker in their industry, and really walk through their story of how they have gotten from point A to point B and overcame various adversities along the way. Now, before we dive into this week's episode, I just want to reiterate my main goal here, which is really to impact over 1 million people with the Next Level Minds podcast. So if you've not done this already, please take the time to share this episode with a family member, friend, or colleague, and you can help them reach a next level in their life as well. Now, on to today's guest. I'm sitting down with Maurice Philogene. First off, he's one of the coolest dudes out there. I've been following him on LinkedIn for a while, and man, his stories are just absolutely incredible. But from a bio perspective... It consists of an abundance of material here. So he's a senior executive, real estate investor, entrepreneur, restaurant owner, explorer of 100 countries, public servant. So he was a police officer and he was in the military, philanthropist, and he's a lifestyle design and wealth coach. He also is the founding managing partner of Quattro Capital. So on this episode, we're really going to be talking a lot about real estate. We're going to be talking a lot about financial freedom. We're going to be talking a lot about how to create a lifestyle, as he mentions, that you don't need a vacation from. So I'm super excited to sit down with him, number one, because I want to create a lifestyle that I don't need a vacation from, and I want to create financial freedom at an early age. And number two, I know a lot of the listeners out there do as well. So I'm super pumped to be sitting down with Maurice today. And as we like to say here at Next Level Minds, your mindset is your greatest weapon for the battle of success. Maurice, thanks so much for hopping on the Next Online's podcast, man. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Happy to be here, bro. Yeah, this is, uh, man, I got to tell you, this is a long time coming. I was checking my DMs to message you and I was like, man, he hit me up to be on the podcast like right when I took a break in September. So now that we're back doing it, man, I'm, I'm excited to be here with you. I'm glad, man. I'm glad. Thanks for giving me an opportunity to Bless who might be listening. Absolutely. So I uh, I know you've been to about a hundred different countries. So what what country are you in? While we're recording this in April, yeah. uh, today I'm in good old USA, the okay. number one country in the world. I'm in uh, Washington D.C. I'm getting ready to go to Vegas tomorrow to speak at a conference, and then next week I will be in the Mediterranean between Lebanon and Cyprus. Oh, nice. Are you excited for the trip coming up? Always, always. But I'm there like once a month. So it's starting to become a little bit of routine for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I want to start off with uh, this first question. So I, I've listened to you on a few other podcasts and I know you've mentioned that you're an immigrant immigrant kid. Your family was from Haiti, grew up in Boston, right? So I kind of want you to paint the lens of what you were like at you know, 15, 16 years old type of thing. Ooh, well, at 15 years old, what... Do you know what? I, the journey was starting, actually. Awareness of the journey was starting in a big way, because at the time, 
Uh, one year earlier, my dad uh, convinced me to have an exchange student stay at our house from Paris the night before, or the, that summer when I was 15. And then, and then the next summer, he sent me over to France to spend time with his family. I got very fortunate in that Matthew, that was the name of the kid, and we're still friends to this day, 30 plus years later. Matthew's father put me in an old Range Rover with his son and drove me around the country for 30 days. Crazy, man. Not not like, you know, just in Paris checking out stuff. I mean, all over northern France, western France, southern French girls, castles, funerals, food, wine. And it just opened up my thought process to what the world could be beyond could be beyond Boston. Right. Um, so it started this path and journey of I think the world can be more than me just sitting in a office, you know, looking at a computer every day and. That's kind of where it came from. That was the first step. So that was 15 years old. I was exploring. Yeah. Do you think, uh, do you think in the United States growing up, I guess kids don't have much of that opportunity as much to go visit place to place to place or what? It's, I don't think, well, first of all, 95% of citizens, I haven't checked on the stat lately, but the last time I looked, 95% of us citizens don't have a passport. That's a problem. Wow. I love our country. The amount of opportunity in this country is unreal. It is unreal what we have the ability to do here, especially if you dig in the education system for all of its woes. We have it for the government, for all of its woes. We have one. That's what travel has done for me. It has taught me empathy. And that there are different people who believe in different things. And more importantly, Chris, that there are people who have lesser means than you and I, but they are phenomenally happy. Mm. And that probably came uh, for me spending uh, 04 to 08. I was in Brazil like 40 times. Everybody was happy. Even the people who were working in the grocery store bagging, they would just bag until Saturday. They would have a shahasco, which is a barbecue. And they were working to get to the fun where mm. we seem to sometimes live to work. I, I saw a lot of people working to live. Um, so, no, I don't think a lot of people have those opportunities because, one, they're not passports. And two, that's not presented on TV or on social media or whatever as a definitive way to learn skills or to uh, express life, right? So um, my kids are getting it, um, but I wish more of the community would get m more exposure to the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I agree with the first comment, too. I mean, America's the best country out there. 100%. And, uh, you know, when someone talks bad about America, I'm like, hey, go go live in some of the other countries. You're not going yeah. <laughs> near the amount of opportunities you have now, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, that's, that's a good point about the whole perspective. I mean, I went to Honduras when I was a junior in college. At the time, I was very ungrateful. I was just not in a good mental place. But I went to yeah. Honduras and saw how these people were living. I mean, living with 10 people in a small, you know, 500 square foot ordeal. And I'm like, man, and that instantly can change your perspective. There you go. So my perspective is changing constantly. And that's why I travel so much beyond the real estate stuff, business stuff, cop stuff that I'm doing. The thing that keeps me young, the thing that keeps me in a constant learning in a beginner's mindset mode is all the traveling. Because every time I go somewhere, I never research it. I just land yeah. and I figure it out. And your brain fires a different way. You speak a different language. You got to figure out the taxi system, the bus system, what's cool, what's not cool, how to stay out of trouble, how to get in trouble where to go. I love it, man. Yeah. So I don't feel stuck. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So fast forward a little bit, you mentioned, you know, 15, 16 years old. So let's go, let's jump yes. 10 years. 
yeah. um, to 25. I've read and I've seen posts about that you've posted, I think 25, 26, you had what, 10 properties under your belt already? I, yeah. So 20, uh, from 15, left Boston to University of Virginia when I was 18, played football, did mechanical engineering, um, got into the military through ROTC. That's how I played for school. They gave me a four-year scholarship for mechanical engineering. I get hired by Accenture at 21, which is my consulting firm that I stayed at for 25 years. But when I got there, I'm very grateful to them. But I also knew that I wanted more than just sitting at a desk, as I told you. I think sometimes success is when luck equals preparation. Mindset-wise, I wanted a different life. I was prepared to take on things that I thought might get me to some level of what I now call freedom. And the luck was I bought a place when I was 23 to live. It was the beginning of the boom cycle of real estate between 2002 and 2008. It appreciated 30 grand in three months. I asked my dad, what the hell just happened? He explained Mm -hmm. it to me. And I'm like, what? You're telling me I just made someone's salary in three months? He's like, yeah. So I went to the library because there was no Google back then. It was just kind of coming online. Yahoo was kicking back then, but it was Google was coming. I read 10 books in a sitting. No kidding. One day, 10 books. And it was, I was voracious because I was like, what is this? And kept flipping pages. And I just started buying. So by the end of the year, I had bought 10 and it was um, one hell of a run. And the question I get about buying those 10 properties in one year was, did you have the money? to do that. Mm. Luck. I had luck. And because at the time there were no doc loans going on. And for people who don't know what no doc loans are, loan companies were giving stupid people like me who didn't really know that much in finance loans without us having to document our income. That's crazy. Which is why the financial industry blew up in 2008, because a lot of people were getting loans that had no business getting loans. And in certain cases, that was me too. But that's how I got started. And then I got smarter over time. I just started to course correct. But I had, you know, by the time I was 25, maybe 10, 15 properties or something like that. So you could literally just get a loan and not having to show a pay stub and all that? or Dude, I was doing it with the same mortgage broker over and over and over. Like and that. I mean, I was getting you know, a hundred grand here, 250 grand here. I, I'm going to guess in that first run of getting properties, uh, I borrowed 1.5 million and I really might've shown my W2 statement like two or three times. Oh my crazy. God. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm laughing just cause like we just closed on our house in September of 2021. And it's like, dude, the amount of stuff I had to spend. Yes. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, man, I got to give up my firstborn child and everything just to get a yeah. mortgage now, you know? But, yeah, <laughs> but that's the way it should be, right? Yeah. You, man, you, you got to scrutinize people because our whole economy is built on debt. Yeah. So if we don't give it to responsible people, because debt is money creation, right? So if I'm borrowing $25 million right now on two deals. I'm creating $25 million out of thin air just by borrowing it. That will create jobs, that will create housing and things of that nature. So the, the industry has to be careful with who it lends money to. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. So you brought up, you know, going to the library, Yahoo at the time, reading books. 
Yeah. Where, okay. So like, you know, you can go to Amazon, right. And type in real estate books and there's literally pages and pages and pages. So were you just yeah. grab and go or like, what would you suggest of just like someone wants to know real estate? Is it just pick up, you know, the Burr method and try, or is it just pick up everything? You know, that's a good question. Um, when I, so I coach people on this stuff uh, every once in a while. And what I tell them, which is what worked for me, was patience and consistency on one methodology. Okay. People, people are all over the place with this stuff, man. Like somebody will flip here, then do a burr here, then do a house hack here, then try multifamily. Oh, let me try a mobile home park. And I think that's where people struggle is they have a really hard time getting traction. <clears throat> My philosophy at the time was buying condos, that people like, why would you buy condos with condo fees? Condo fees are just an expense, just like anything else. It really, it doesn't matter. But in the Washington DC area to be able to pick up a property for 50 to $100,000 was significant. So I started buying condos. I didn't choose condos. Condos chose me because I was talking to a real estate broker and she told me, so I was looking for my first or second rental property. And she was like, Mo, instead of buying bigger things in DC, large scale houses, don't get the dodo egg, get 12 dozen little eggs. And she told me, pay them off. You want to be free? You, you want to beat everybody in, in Washington, DC? Buy them and pay them off because you'll create a salary. That stuck with me, man. So when I say patience and consistency are your best business partners and I didn't wane, no, I got up to 35 single family homes and condos, more, way more condos than single family homes. A bunch of them appreciated. I took the equity plus my salary and I paid off the rest systematically over time. And by what was it? 2014, I had uh, 18 paid off uh, places paying me 160 grand a year. So, I mean, I'm freer than most at that point because I don't technically have to work, although I, I did work. I, yes, people can get confused and there's so much information out there. I still to this day practice information diets. I listen to like Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, sometimes Greg Cardone, and a couple onesie twosie podcasts. Of course, yours will be in there. But I but I will not listen to multiple, multiple, multiple methods of doing different things because it, it scatters your brain. So pick one or two things, get really good at it and execute on it. Yeah. I, I like that you mentioned that because I think a lot of times, especially when you're first starting out, you're like, let me just listen to a thousand podcasts a week, read a hundred books and then hope it works. It's like, I like what you called that information diet. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. What, okay. So what, what advice would you have for kind of maybe the, the folks starting out? You mentioned the two, the two words, patience and consistency. You know, yeah. folks like myself, a couple years out of school are, are not good at that. So, I mean, what, <laughs> what, what would you suggest? Because I think those are two things that are hard to grasp. Yes. You, you know why I believe I was successful doing that, even though I had a lot of failures along the way. But why I think I was successful is because I knew my purpose in doing it. Hmm. I was not chasing money, man. I was chasing freedom. I told you there was a seed that was implanted in my head when I was 15 years old. And that was 1990. Between military service and where I was working, the consulting firm, I would always ask for international assignments because I wanted to grow. Mm. <clears throat> when real estate came around, I didn't want the real estate for the money per se. I wanted it because I knew if I got that passive income, I would have time to go do life. Yeah. Okay. So that's my advice to people is 
know your why of why you're doing this stuff. The people who chase money eventually make huge mistakes, huge mistakes. If you're why, like I'm coaching a family right now. It's a couple. They're great. They live in Louisiana. I hope they hear this. Um, they are going to get into investing. But from a freedom perspective, has nothing to do with investing. They are, I'm, I'm helping them redo their lifestyle such that they have a mobile lifestyle, such that neither one of them work at a brick and mortar office. One of them's now created an online consultancy where she's getting paid the equivalent of 4X of what she was doing sitting in an office. They're taking their two beautiful children and they're going to be mobile until the kids are six years old. The kids are two and three, I believe. So they're going to live a mobile lifestyle for three years. I contend with you that they are living like a billionaire family right now. They are free. They are mobile. She's doing work that she loves. He's working on it as well. And now they're going to put their excess cash in real estate and they're not chasing money. They're chasing assets such that their family can fulfill the legacy that they believe they can fill and to make sure that they have resources later in life. That is the right way to think about it. Not mm. let me rake in all the dough. You can rake it in, but you're going to make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, I think you're also going to be more inclined to act a little, you know, un- unethical at times yes. to get that cash, you know? Yes, of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've turned down um, my company, Quattro. We've turned down. Uh, like we went best and final three days ago on another deal and uh, they asked us to come up on price and we said, no. Wow. We're, we're, we're not, we're, I'm not doing that. One, yeah. it, I have investors I'm responsible to, but two, then I'm putting myself in a position where it's very difficult to meet the bills. I may not be able to service the residents the right way and improve their quality of life, which is my mission. And I might not be able to get investors, you know, their returns back, which is my mission. So why would I do that deal? I am not going to chase the money. My mission there is helping my investors and helping my residents, people. Mm. I know my why. So I'm going to do the right thing. And I think that would help investors who are just starting out. So you seem like the type of owner that would only raise rents for the tenants if it actually made sense and they got some value too. No, or or am I wrong there? You are generally right. And I don't want to sound altruistic on every single note, but I tend to lean that way. The reason is I'm a public servant. Um, I believe in it. Uh, You know, I was a street cop for 15 years. I was also in the military for 22 years. It's just the way I was raised. Now I service people by giving them homes. We are running a business, so we have to be profitable. But what you won't see me do is raise the rent if I'm not giving them some kind of value. That value doesn't necessarily have to be we're renovated right away. It could be that I'm giving them better customer service through newer property management mm-hmm. or uh, paying, you know, uh, redoing the parking lot or whatever, renovating the units. I, I will raise the rent commensurate to the value that I'm giving to the residents. In one case, Chris, one case, and I came on this deal late. It was a deal in D.C. that I was asked to sponsor. We raised the rent 40% in one go. 40%. Now, let me ca- let me caveat that. The rent went from like 1100 to 1600 okay? So we're not, especially in D.C. area, it, that's more, it's affordable, very affordable. Yeah. It was a 12-unit building. 11 of the 12 tenants remained. One moved out, but they were already headed out. No one left because it was affordable. 
But what it caused was the entire complex to be acidic towards owners. Mm. That is a big change for someone. $500 in a month, right? That was one of the worst blind mistakes I ever made because I came in on a business plan towards the end. So I, w- I had zero impact on it. We'll never do that again. So I, you know, I just want to give you that distinction yeah. and not say that I've always gotten everything right, but that certainly was a, a teaching moment that has benefited the other, you know, 1500 apartments that I have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. And man, yeah, I think 500 bucks for anyone is, is like a big, a big thing. Hey. Yeah. Insane. What a mistake, but I learned from it. Yeah. So let me ask you this. You, you mentioned military for 22 years and then, you know, police officer for 15. Were you doing that while you were at a center? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's a, I, I, I look back on it now and I'm like, what the hell? But um, I was driven to do it. Here's how it all happened. Accenture, wonderful company, was always the basis of my career from 21 to 46. I just retired uh, November 1st of 2021. I was in the Air Force Reserve um, and my job in the military was uh, the equivalent of NCIS. You know that TV show, NCIS? Right, Air Force has its own federal agents. It's called Office of Special Investigations. I was one of those. Um, But by, you know, I was a reservist, but by nature of what we did, I was a fully credentialed federal agent all the time. And I deployed and went on active duty a lot. Um, and then in 2008, I was 33 years old. I was just called to serve my local community, man, because when I, when I deployed after nine 11 and I got back to corporate life and my job was to increase people's revenue versus, I don't know, helping people. It didn't sit well with me. In fact, I found myself a bit depressed Mm. because I was part of a mission set with the military. And then I got back and yeah, I'm part of the company's mission, but that's a very different kind of thing, you know? So I tried to leave and I told my boss at the time, listen, I'm going to take 80% pay cut to go be a street cop. And she was like, what? (laughs) And I explained, and this beautiful woman who I just saw for the first time in 10 years, about two months ago, said, we're not going to do, we're not going to tell anybody you're going to go to police Academy because it was a day police Academy. When you finish at 3 p.m., you're going to log on and do as much work as you can. Whatever part of the eight-hour day you don't do for us, take it in vacation, in PTO. If you go negative, we'll make it up next year. This lady helped me go through police academy. Wow. So for five years, post that academy, starting in January of 2009, I was a full-time street cop and full-time exec. Street cop at night, exec during the day, sleeping in the cracks, being a dad as much as I could, doing real estate whenever I could. I just wanted it that bad, man. We have one freaking go on this blue marble. That's it. That's Mm. all we got. So I just gave it a go. And part of my dream was to be a police officer in my own community and affect people's lives in a unique way. Yeah. Well, first off, man, thank you so much for your service. I I love this country. So obviously wanted to mention that to you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. and, And second, you know, Man, during that time, I mean, were you the only one that was also an executive and street cop? I just think that's a funny combo there. It was no one knew. Or was did you keep it real, low key? Like I never told anybody. Wow. The the reason why, I mean, my immediate family was aware, but the police department didn't really know that I was working during the day. And and the the my company, although it was approved, and I I I wanted to do it the right way. So I still got it approved by HR. 
but I never really told the people I work with on a day-to-day basis that my philosophy behind, and then I never said about the real estate either, all of those uh, verticals, my philosophy on it was um, if I was tired one day, or if I didn't show up one day, or if I took PTO or leave for three days straight, because I would take vacation strategically just to sleep. You know what I mean? I never wanted someone saying, see, he's at his other job again. Mm. I just wanted people to judge me on outcomes, which is what I posted about on LinkedIn this morning, by the way, which was funny. I just wanted to be judged on my work. So I just never told anybody. And it wasn't until uh, probably beginning of last year that it started to get out that I was a cop too, because I kind of felt my uh, professional road finishing up because I was financially free anyway. So I was like, F it. I'm, I'm, I want to tell this story because it is okay to do a job that you are passionately into. It's yeah. not always about the money. And trust me, uh, <laughs> what I was getting paid as a police officer was not moving the financial needle for me, at, you know, fi- finally, especially because of real estate and my other stuff. I just wanted to do it. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. that's really cool. Um, I like that you, you know, tried to keep it. Low key, because you mentioned a key aspect here of uh, you didn't want people to judge and say, oh, you know, he's probably had another job. You just wanted him to know the real you. That's really cool. Yeah. 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 So at any point through this, and I want to touch on a little bit more stuff too, but uh, at any point through a censure or military police officer or getting started in real estate, I mean, I'm sure you have had moments where you're like, man, I just want to quit or or no. Oh, Jesus, dude. Entrepreneurial depression Hmm. is what I had. I was depressed. I didn't realize it at the time. The amount of, uh, one of my coaches gave me the the phrase hustle and flow. I'm probably, nowadays I'm like 80% flow, 20% hustle. I am enjoying my life really well. At the time I was like 95% hustle, Hmm. always on. Daytime, nighttime, weekends, real estate, cop work, weekdays, consulting clients, da, da, da. And I had no one to talk to about it because there was no one I knew kind of doing the thing that I was doing with the premise that I'm going to win my freedom one day. Like, how do you, who do you talk to about that stuff? How do you talk to? Now, I, I think I was in that mental state of being alone, doing all that stuff. Uh, from 2007 all the way to about 2018. So for about 11 year period. And I would sometimes look in the mirror and be like, dude, what the F, what what are you like? Where is this going to lead? What are you doing? Thank God I had my family and my kids who were so proud of me being a police officer. I just refused to quit. And I had that boss who I posted about today who kind of knew but always judge me on outcomes, not hours, you know? Yeah. But when I look back on it, I never wanted to quit real estate. Even when the financial downturn in 2008 hit and half my tenants stopped paying and all my reserves were depleted, I picked up the phone and I negotiated with maybe 20 banks, every single loan that was in trouble. Some short sales, some loan forbearance, some workout plans. I refused to quit. Couldn't quit, man, because I had this thing in my head is I'm going to get my freedom. I didn't know what it would materialize to. I know what it is now. But yes, 
I wanted, there were times I wanted to quit, but I made a fatal mistake, which was I did not surround myself fast enough with people who were driven like me. Mm. I thought I was unique. I'm not unique. There are people who are doing, how the hell does Elon Musk start three companies like that? That's ridiculous. I'm not saying I'm an Elon Musk, but I am in my own family. But there are people just like you who are driven, who are doing a lot of things. You got to get around them. And and I it took me kind of too long. But once I did, then I felt like I was in the right circles. Yeah, I'm uh, man. That's so cool. I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of times when you're first starting businesses, you work yeah. in a silo by yourself, and and then you shut the door for 18 hours a day, and that's it. <laughs> it's like, no, nah, man, you got to surround yourself with the right folks. You do, you do, and I have my moments nowadays as well for for new ventures that I'm involved with, like my Mediterranean ventures and stuff like that. Mm. But I'm smarter. I I'm very good at building meaningful relationships with people. Um, especially those I can learn from and can lean on for this lifestyle that I want to do. Yeah. Does that go, I've heard you mention this before. Does, does what you just mentioned kind of align with the whole, um, it's important to find who can really get you to your goal. Yeah. So, I mean, if that's the, the statement of who, not what. Yeah. And I go off of now, now when I talk about my journey or when I'm helping anyone, I always talk about freedom principles, right? Financial freedom, time freedom, geographic freedom. Mm. Those are kind of self-explanatory. Freedom of purpose. I wasn't a police officer for the money. We talked about that. That was my purpose, one of my purposes. The last freedom that I talk about a lot is freedom freedom to build meaningful relationships. You know why keeping those silos were really good in in a way? I had relationships in, I had and have relationships in policing, Federal law enforcement, real estate, IT consulting, philanthropy. I own a bunch of restaurants and now I'm doing Mediterranean real estate. And then I have my people that I just love to talk to about being in different countries. I have been very intentional about building relationships that would one, help me get to my next chapter and compress the timeline of whatever goal I was trying to meet. So in 2015, when I was serving in Turkey, I was running a field office for my agency, being a special agent in charge there. My body was resonating with the the Mediterranean region. I loved it. I'm like, dude, the air's good. The food is outrageous. The drinks are even better. I got to I need to be here. I get back in 2016. I said, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to live and or work in that region. And I never stopped looking for relationships to do it. Hmm. And finally, through a conversation with a friend of a friend, I found out that someone I graduated university with, although I never met her, her husband was Cypriot from Cyprus, and he was a real estate developer. I was spending time in the Mediterranean, so I got him on a Zoom. We hooked up. We talked. Um, We're not business partners. Yeah. And we're working on our third development deal together. It's always people. I don't, I don't speak the language. I don't speak the language. I don't know the, the laws. You know, it's always people. It's always people. Of course, I had some level of success on my own, but the success in monetary uh, sense in the last three years because of relationships, I probably five five x what I did by myself. Wow! Just from taking the time and being intentional with those relationships. Yeah, Quattro Capital, five partners, wow. my, my business partner overseas, um, my business partner doing mobile home communities on the East Coast. That's a different business partner. 
Yeah. So this just kind of piqued my interest a bit. So when you, you meet people, right, to form a relationship, it takes introducing yourself, meeting them. And I've always heard, and you talked about too, when you're with a center and police officer, keeping it kind of low key. I've also heard the phrase, you know, make your moves in silence and then show everyone your outcomes. So my question is, when you meet people, are you immediately being like, you know, I'm doing like for me, I'm doing this podcast, I'm speaking, I'm blah, blah, blah. I mean, do you open it up and then plant the seed? Like, what's your kind of strategy there? That is the gift that the Lord gave me with travel and immersing myself in cultures all these years. My, my, my success factors, KPIs, if you will, for traveling was not, did I see the Basilica? Did I see this? Did I see that? It was, do I know the name of the taxi driver? Mm. Is someone going to pick me up at the airport the next time I land? Did I help a community? Did did I help someone so well that they are interested in interacting with me as a human? Mm. I never tell when you go overseas, people don't really lead with what you do. They just lead with who you are. All right. So that's my thing. I like to build relationships. I key in on very interesting people. I have a file on my computer that has seven or eight people on it right now in an Excel spreadsheet from different parts of the world who I find really fascinating for different reasons, not necessarily for business reasons. I will go visit them. I will reinvest in those relationships the same way I reinvested in my relationship with Andrea in Helsinki, Finland, right? I went to Helsinki five times, hung out with her. She's one of the coolest people I've ever met. I know where she works now. I didn't for the first three or four times that I met her. Mm. You build meaningful relationships with people genuinely and then figure out where you have commonalities to go from there, right? Uh, networking is what, what can I get from that person, this person, that person? Nah, man, it's real relationships that will make your life much richer and have much more fulfillment, um, you know, than just surface level stuff. Yeah, no, that's so cool. I, um, I read something about Brazil and apparently it's like, um, apparently they don't like it if immediately when you meet somebody you're like hey what do you do like that's actually like offensive to ask them if you haven't built yeah. a relationship first i i don't like it either i yeah you know now i'm like when some you know i'm facetious and stuff when someone's like well what do you do for a living i breathe that's how, <laughs> that's how i stay alive that's funny i like that um you talk about storing versus saving money can you break mm-hmm. that down yeah. Okay. So, uh, and this is how I kind of won my, earned my, my financial freedom. Uh, and I, you know, I did read some financial books when I was in my young twenties. So I, I had a leg up. Um, we were taught, I come from an immigrant family, as, as I told you, and my father and mother were very particular about teaching me to save for a rainy day. And I think that's just the general financial blueprint of that generation. But I learned along the line, instead of saving money, change the mindset of what you're going to do with that money and store it. So Robert Kiyosaki always talks about paying yourself first, that you should be your number one bill, as do many other financial folks. So I made Future Maurice my number one bill, 60 to 70 percent. That seems like a high number. But when you realize I started doing it at 21, uh, including maxing out my 401k right at 21, I never increased my standard. I was just like, um, every time I make $10 after taxes, six of it is going to a bank account that I did not have access to easily. No debit card, no anything like that. Um, and 
So that's what I would do. I would store money systematically from all my paychecks or whatever. As soon as I had enough money to go buy an asset, I bought an asset. Mm. And then I would store money again. As soon as I had enough money to buy an asset, I would buy an asset. And then the third component, which is the compounding component, I was still storing money from paychecks. But now we got cash flow coming in from properties. Oh, and now this third property has appreciated by 150 grand. I'm going to sell that, take 110 grand uh, profit and use that to then store again and buy additional assets. I still follow the same trend to this day on a personal level. It's just that I have, I'm going after much bigger assets nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that. I I've, uh, you know, I've been blessed to have my income increase exponentially over the years, but I've literally kept my expenses the same for the past four or five years. I think. That's right. And listen, brother, I'm not, I have an abundant mindset. I do not have yeah. a scarcity mindset. I want to make that very clear, but my goals were way more important than crap. I just didn't care. I, I made two mistakes. Um, I made two mistakes like with cars when I was young. I had the nerve to buy a $70,000 Range Rover cash. Oh man. Because I, because I sold a condo and thought I was the shit. It was the, <laughs> it not, and not only did I buy it, as soon as I bought it, Three months went by and I realized that I was still spending a thousand dollars a month on that car, six hundred dollars for insurance, like three hundred dollars for gas and a hundred dollars for parking in D.C. because you have to pay for parking. What am I doing? So I sold that car three months at a twenty thousand dollar loss because I saw the writing on the wall of what I was doing. Right. Mm. Um, my two thousand five infinity is sitting out there. I'll, maybe I'll get a car one day, but it's on one hundred eighty thousand miles. I want to see if I can get it to three hundred thousand. I just don't need it. I, I don't need those things. I live in a humble home that's paid off. I could go buy a $3 million or whatever if I want to. It's zero interest. I, I don't want that stuff. Not having stuff is keeping me mobile and geographically free. Yeah, I was going to say, because that decision aligns with, with what you value, which is yes. freedom, right? Yeah. yeah, it's not that I don't want things. It's just that nah, th- those don't provide me any satisfaction. Travel does. That's the one place where I don't skimp is travel and having experiences with my family. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I think people are like, Oh, sacrifice, 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 but it's ah. like make time and money for what you actually value. Right. It's for what you value. Um, and I value my life today. So, you know, let me, I said 23 year old Maurice was paying future Maurice first. So here is future Maurice. I'm 46 years old and I am thanking the shit out of 23 year old Maurice. I really am. Because I retired from from Accenture last November. I retired from my police department last September. So that's 2021. And then I retired from the military in October of 2019. I have more passive income than I need to live. I started a company based off same fundamentals of storing capital, right? And then um, the same fundamentals I have in terms of financial freedom, time freedom, I want my investors to have that too. So I feel good doing Quattro Capital and talking to investors and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. It should align with your values, who you are, how you want to live. I don't want employees. I don't want a brick and mortar. I, uh, you know, I have a virtual, assist, virtual assistant or two. I can take, I'm going to take this laptop and my cell phone. I'm going to go over to the Mediterranean. I'm going to be there for a few weeks. I won't miss a beat on anything. My mail is virtualized. I don't get mail anywhere. I won't miss a beat at all. 
Yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. I got, I got one more question for you and then I want you to highlight everything you're doing to give everyone opportunity there. So, uh, man, throughout your journey, you said what you're 40, 46 right now. 46. Yep. 46. Okay, cool. Well, you look 30. So I hope that. I know that. <laughs> um, so what, what would be kind of like your one word, man, to describe just the journey, the success that you've had, you know, from, from growing up to, to now. <laughs> consistency. It, it had to either be consistency. No, I'm going to call it perseverance. I'm going to call That's- it. Perseverance. I never quit, man. I give, you know, I'm, I look back at the young me and I'm, I'm really grateful. I am really grateful that I had the wherewithal to start educating myself on topics that formal school never would. Mm. I just started reading voraciously, but I was very, very good, Chris, at just doing, just going, like reading, a, reading a topic, getting good on it from one or two books in terms of knowledge. And then I would just execute. And I would fall and I would mess it up and I would lose money, like trying to start a coffee shop. And then I would get up and I would do it again. Mm. I was always good at that. So the, the word has to be perseverance because I just never, this notion of freedom, this notion of creating this lifestyle that I do not need a vacation from. I sensed it when I was 21. I did. When I was 30, I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. When I was 33, I don't know what I'm doing. When I was 39, mm, something was peeking in. And then the magic happened when I hit 42. So I had this general Mm. path, okay? All of a sudden at 42, this started happening. Mm. Everything blew up when I was 42. So people think, oh, yeah, man, big success. Yeah, he's overnight success. No, no. I'm a 23-year-old, 23-year overnight success. You know what I mean? Like it just, all the work started to compound, time compounds with you, right? And it finally worked, man. And it all came from perseverance. So I'm, I'm very grateful I had the fundamentals and the push, especially for my parents, just pick up a book and read it. Yeah, and, for, and you persevered because freedom was that North Star for you, right? One, it's the, yeah, one, I can't scream it any louder. I rarely talk about money on social media or even when I'm speaking out loud or it's not money. It is the ability to live life as you are intended to on this planet and to build a lifestyle you don't need a vacation from. Money is a tool to do it, but there are other tools as well. Being mobile, living your purpose. If a nurse loves what she does and she's making 70 grand, well, she's free. I mean, she's executing on what she wants to execute on. I wanted to live life a certain way and I have it. I live between the East coast and the Mediterranean. I do real estate. I help thousands of people. I work at my pace. I love my pace. Sometimes I push and sometimes for two weeks, I don't do squat and that's okay. I earned the position, but it was about getting to that level of freedom. That's what I wanted. Yeah, no, man, that, that's so cool. Um, so man, hi- highlight what you got going on, but right yeah. before you do that, can you please go over those four freedom principles one more time for this? Yeah, the freedom principles. So financial freedom, I'll give my definition of it. Okay. Freedom principles, financial freedom, having more passive income than bills. If you got four grand of passive income, you got two grand of bills, you're free. I know people who live that way, especially in Thailand. Time freedom, divorcing your need to physically be somewhere to create money or creating space in life to access the world 
as we are intended. We're not intended to sit in one place and just press repeat every day. It's ridiculous, but we need time to access life. Geographic freedom, I talked to you about, it's being mobile. If, if going to different countries is not your thing, that's okay. It could be down the street. It could be the next city over. But the moment we implant ourselves in one location and start pressing repeat every day, we're not growing. Mm. Geographic freedom allows me to grow and other people to grow, kind of like the family I talked about. They are going to bond as a family through experiencing different things across the country or across the world. That's geographic freedom, freedom of purpose. If you have the benefit of doing what the good Lord or whatever you believe in or don't believe in has put you on this earth to do, if you are executing that, you are executing your purpose. And that is a beautiful thing. Elon Musk is not doing what he's doing for money. He's got a purpose to change stuff. Whether you like some of these guys who are making these big companies and they've made hundreds of millions of dollars and they don't need the money anymore. They have something is driving them. But that could also be someone driving, being a police officer, someone being driven to be a police officer or to be a nurse or to be a teacher. God bless teachers. My father was one for 30 years. Mm. Don't get paid half enough. That's purpose. And then the last one is freedom to build meaningful relationships the way that I told you. It's not the relationships themselves, Chris. It's the ability to build those relationships. Meaning if you are in a toxic romantic relationship and that significant other is not allowing you to meet other people, you don't have freedom of relationships. If you are going to work 18 hours a day and you come home and you're physically exhausted, you don't even have the energy to go down to the bar to meet someone new or to talk or to go to a conference or to self-educate yourself. You don't have freedom of relationships. Things that stop you from engaging other people, uh, I would seriously consider whether you should be spending time doing those things. Those are the freedom principles. Yeah, man. Uh, we should have done a whole freaking podcast about all four <laughs> of those. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, cool, man. So what you got going on real quick? I just want you to like take the yeah. floor. Uh, listen, I, I, I appreciate that. Um, I... My passion right now is just helping people create lifestyles that they don't need a vacation from. So I've started coaching that that was not by design. It just people kept asking me for guidance in their situation. And I kind of made it into um, a business, if you will. So I do coach people from a lifestyle design perspective, all based on those freedom principles. Um, I have Quattro Capital. I started um, an investment firm. We're an alternative investment firm. We're heavily focused on multifamily right now, but we have a lot of different things in the hopper. I love my partners, man. And I'm, that's what I'm telling you, that my arc changed partially because of them. But we are add value investors. We'll buy apartment complexes all over the U.S., 80s, 90s, 2000 stock apartment complexes, improve them, improve the quality of life for residences, um, get the operational costs down, move rent up a little bit, make a solid return for investors, et cetera. And then, you know, from a family and fun and Maurice the person perspective, the reason I am so happy is because I told myself I was going to have an international lifestyle. And I went through mental, mental reps and physical reps of investing in people, investing in concepts and time. And I have built a lifestyle where I'm spending a majority of my time either in DC because of my nine-year-old, he will be raised here. But we are always in the Mediterranean or somewhere around the world, but I'm building a house in the Mediterranean now. I'm a real estate developer there and I'm happy. It's not the money. It's not money because it's very slow. Actually, it's it's kind of 
frustrating, but it's the lifestyle. And um, yeah, I have created my own lifestyle that I don't need a vacation from and makes me happy. And if I can help someone else create theirs, I want to do that too. Yeah, man. I love that. Um, I love what you mentioned about creating a lifestyle that you don't need a vacation from. Yeah. Uh, especially this whole, you know, you get three weeks of PTO type thing. That's, that's BS. Crazy. Crazy. Um, cool, man. So LinkedIn is the best spot to connect with you then, or uh, LinkedIn. I talk about this stuff all the time with relation in relation to professional, professional growth and what have you. Um, Instagram, you can connect with me there. It's all just Maurice Philogene. Um, you'll see kind of like the travels and I still, to this day, get up at 4am in the morning. Like I can't 4am to 8am is my time of day. So even though I don't need to, that's when I get my stuff done. So you'll see stuff there. Um, and then Quattro Capital, of course, uh, the Quattro Way, Q-U-A-T-T-R-O-W-A-Y, the Quattroway.com. If anyone was investing, interested in investing passively in large-scale apartment buildings, they can reach me there. Perfect. Awesome, brother. Well, hey, this was a great time. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I'll put all I the links and everything you. below. I appreciate you, brother. Thanks for, thanks for giving people information, man, because this is the stuff that I had to go to the library to track down, but it was never as good as listening to people's own experiences. And uh, we need podcasts for that. So I hey man, people can do the double whammy podcast on the way to the library. Then open the book <laughs> once they get there. I'm still always constantly, re- I'm challenging myself. One last thing I'm challenging myself. Five podcast episodes a week, one book every two weeks. Ooh, I, I am trying that. to push. I, I am that. trying to push because I feel myself getting stagnant not necessarily in real estate, but on other concepts from around the world, be it Middle Eastern history or um, philosophers, or I am learning more about macro finance. Like why does inflation happen? Why did we decouple from the gold standard back in 1974 or eight? I can't remember. I, I want to learn those things to round out who I am as a person, because not only can, will that make me better, but it'll also protect more of what I'm doing for investors all over the place. So I am back on the self-education wagon. So awesome, dude. And and you don't even have to do that. I mean, you no. had financial freedom years ago, but man, that's yeah. a huge learning lesson in itself, dude. You're still out here grinding, still trying to learn at your point in life. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, brother. Absolutely. But yeah, man, this was a pleasure and uh, let's stay connected. And thanks again. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you. Well, that's it, guys. Thanks again for taking the time to tune in to this week's episode of Next Level Minds to listen to what Maurice had to say. On that note, definitely be sure to connect with him on those social media channels that are listed in the show notes. And as always, I hope you all have a fantastic week ahead.